Cyber warfare, the new phase of war that so many have feared. Russia was supposed to have some of the best hackers in the world, but nearly 50 days into the war in Ukraine, the dreaded cyber attacks have not come. U.S. cybersecurity has been busy over the last several weeks. The Justice Department, the FBI, have secretly removed malware from computer networks all over the globe. The malware was the work of Russia's intelligence agency and could be used to spy or even attack critical infrastructure. Cybersecurity is shrouded in secrecy. We talked to one man who couldn't even tell us the name of his employer, but this world of secrecy seems to be doing its job. A lot of things happen behind the scenes on this planet, but we can know that our Lord is also working behind every scene, and in all good things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story this Easter week that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series called Seven Sayings from the Cross. Yesterday, we thought about the first statement Jesus said from the cross. Father, forgive them. Today, we look at his second statement, which gives us great hope in the resurrection. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. In a moment, we're going to think about the idea of the resurrection all the more. But first, let's think about cybersecurity. When I was in Eastern Europe a few weeks ago, I met up with a man named Daniel in Krakow. He lives there with his wife, and a one-year-old child, even though they are from Brazil. And when I met up with him, they had been helping refugees. Daniel works in cybersecurity. And I asked him to explain to me why we should be so concerned about cyber threats. Yeah, I think that uh, the overall uh, situation, all the scenario is actually is not new, right? We know that there's a lot of cyber threats going on uh, in all over the world, not necessarily only here in Europe. Uh, and not necessarily only coming from Russia. Uh, this is uh, ongoing cyber war that is coming for, I don't know, maybe six years. Uh, it's, it's something not that new. Uh, but uh, I cannot say where I'm working right now, but I think that the daily uh, experience that we are having regarding the cyber threats uh, are rising uh, in, in, a never, uh, uh, in a scale that we'd never uh, foreseen before. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that definitely is coming from the perspective that there's a lot of countries also making some kind of attacks uh, for all, not only coming from Russia or uh, being uh, 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 the, 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 the reflection of the Russia's attacks or anything like that, but we have also several countries that are attacking uh, infrastructure, uh, critical infrastructure from, for instance, banks or other kind of public uh, establishments. And uh, uh, we need to be aware that this is uh, the new the new face of war, right? If we take in, uh, if we if you take out the, the the power systems for a whole city, it's sometimes more uh, uh, impactful. I don't know if there's the word uh, than dropping a bomb, right? War in the 21st century doesn't just involve the bombing of buildings. Things have changed so much, but one thing hasn't. Christians like Daniel can put their hope in Jesus, who was the same yesterday, 
today and tomorrow. I asked Daniel to talk about his faith in the Lord. Our hope always needs to be in God, right? I think that this is the, the ultimate source of strength that we have uh, for performing any kind of uh, aid. And we know that this is an important um, motivation for us. And uh, uh, yeah, I think that the I think that all the answers are coming from God and all the aid that we need, all the strength and all the, the energy for helping our brothers are coming from God, for sure. This is our, my hope is. God is our only hope and refuge. Amen, Daniel. If you would like to continue to help refugees from Ukraine, we're still sending 100% of your gifts to Mission Eurasia, currently feeding people in and around Ukraine. $50 feeds a family of five for a week with a war still going on. Families still in exile. How many families can you help? You can give at 800-65-HAVEN or on our website, haventoday.org. 800-65-HAVEN or haventoday.org. And now let's turn our eyes to the crucifixion and then the resurrection as we open this Haven Today with Rend Collective. When I stand accused by my regrets And the devil roars his empty threats I will preach the gospel to myself That I am not a man condemned For Jesus Christ is my defense My sin is nailed to the cross My soul the scars, the weight of guilt, I bear no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. When the doubt and shame hang over me, like the arrows of the enemy, I will run again. That rugged hill 
Good News by Rent Collective here on this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. That was nailed to the cross. As Jesus was nailed to that cross, bleeding from those nails and the whips and the crown of thorns, he spoke. Seven times he spoke. Sometimes we call these his last words, but of course they weren't. He rose again three days later, and he spoke many more words after that. They were his seven sayings from the cross. And I want us to look at his second saying. That second saying from the cross directly involves the afterlife, which we know is a huge topic. What happens when we die? We all want to know. We all wish we could have spoken to Lazarus after Jesus brought him back to life. He was dead for only four days. Surely he had some kind of afterlife experience, but it isn't just you and me in 2022 wondering about the afterlife. Everyone at the time of Jesus was wondering as well. Here's Dr. N.T. Wright sharing a bit about what people thought about the afterlife in the first century. For many people, not least Christians like myself, the story of Jesus has become so familiar, so covered over with hindsight that we easily forget that he was a real human being who lived within real history. He lived at a particular time when the Roman Empire was at its height and at a particular place here in the Middle East. And if we're going to understand his story, not least the story of his resurrection, it's important to grasp how people in that world thought and what they believed, and within that, how Jesus himself thought and what he believed. Jesus was, of course, Jewish, and so were all his followers. Whatever they said about his rising from the dead, whether they were making it up or not, we need to know what they meant. We need to know what Jewish beliefs were about life after death. And those beliefs had a very long history. This is the western wall of the great Jewish temple, which dominated Jerusalem in Jesus' time. Today, the wall is still venerated by devout Jews, even though the temple is gone. But the Jewish religion then was rather different from what it is now. It's true that the Jews were the only people in the ancient world who believed in one single creator God. In the Roman world, that made them very odd indeed. 
but in other respects their religion was quite conventional. Their priests up there in the temple made offerings and public sacrifices pretty much like the pagan priests of classical Athens. And, like all religions, Judaism had its own understanding about death and about what happens to people after they have died. The Hebrew word for hell was Gehenna, the name of this valley. In Jesus' day, this was where the locals came to dump their rubbish. The whole place stank because of all the garbage rotting in the Mediterranean sun, smoldering and flickering into flame. This image inspired some later ideas of hell. The ancient Israelites saw death as a one-way trip to a gloomy world which they called Sheol. It was final. Nobody came back from there. The living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. Their love and their hatred and their envy have already perished. Never again will they have any share in all that happens under the sun. This was the orthodoxy of ancient Israel. But by Jesus' day, things had changed quite a lot. That's N.T. Wright. He's considered to be the conservative authority on Christ's resurrection. And the excerpt we just heard is from his documentary called Resurrection. I'd like to send you a copy of this DVD for your gift to support the ministry. It was shot on location in Israel, Greece, and England. And it traces the historical roots of the resurrection in both scripture as well as history. I think it will encourage your faith. And it will challenge those who don't believe to ask the question, dare you agree with the Bible that Jesus Christ is indeed alive today? Our web address again is haventoday.org. And the DVD is called Resurrection. Or if you want it, you can call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. Now, what N.T. Wright just said is quite interesting. Where did this idea of resurrection come from? There were some in ancient Judaism that taught a bodily resurrection of the dead. Going back to Lazarus, his sister Martha mentioned the resurrection at the end. This was not an uncommon view, but Jesus' resurrection was about what happens immediately after death, not some far-off future. And we understand this when we hear his second saying from the cross. He wasn't the only one crucified that day. There were two others, one on either side. They were condemned as criminals as well. And as they were up there, hanging to die, a conversation took place. Listen in to how Luke tells us the story. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And that's when Jesus answered him that very famous line, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. That word today, that's what Jesus said. 
And that little word tells us that Jesus' coming didn't just change our day-to-day. It changed the afterlife, as everyone thought completely. Most Jews thought of death as a journey to Sheol, a dark, shadowy place where the dead would just sit, not feeling or really thinking anything. But Jesus turned that on its head. Today, he said, you will be with me in paradise. Today. Jesus and this criminal were dying that very day. And Jesus was going to be taken down from the cross and buried after he died. But he was able to reassure that thief on the cross that they would be together in paradise. Jesus' body was going to the grave, but his spirit was going to paradise with the Father. And that's where all who trust in Christ go when they die as well. That promise, today you will be with me. It's the promise that he holds out to us as well. When we come to our deathbeds, it's this promise that sustains us. We get to be with Jesus. And not with him in Sheol, but in paradise. We will be with our Lord. We will see our Lord. We will feel our Lord. He will be there with us. Is that where you, I pray, are putting your hope? In the death and resurrection of Jesus? That you will be with him in paradise when you die? Not because you were an incredible person. The criminal certainly wasn't. But because of Christ's great love for you. Let Jesus' promise wash over you. Trust in his all-sufficient grace. And don't forget, if you belong to him, today you will be with me in paradise. There's a peace I've come to know Though my heart and flesh may fail There's an acre for my soul I can say it is well Jesus has overcome And the grave is overwhelmed The victory is won
What a great song by Chris Tomlin here on this Haven today. I will rise. Why don't we just take a moment to pray right now? Lord, all these things are going on in Ukraine right now. Thank you that we're getting news from Christians that are making a difference. They're helping to supply food. They're helping to evacuate refugees, but we're also hearing the horror stories of war the bodies that have been found, the lack of food, and Russia prepares for a new attack. Lord, this Easter week, have mercy on us, your people. And may more people this Easter week, even in Ukraine, even in Russia, but where we live, come to faith in Jesus Christ. People who've never thought about the cross, May they make their way to the cross of Christ and find salvation as they receive forgiveness of their sins and understand those words of Jesus and take them personally. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Lord, we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm Charles Morris. And earlier in the program, we heard an excerpt from the Resurrection documentary featuring Dr. N.T. Wright. Every time I watch this film, I'm reminded first about how well produced it is. Shot on location in Israel, Greece, and England. And features many archaeological locations that are intriguing to see. But more importantly, it's the way Dr. Wright explains what the Bible teaches about the resurrection that is so convincing. This movie will embolden your faith in our risen Lord. It'll challenge your loved ones who don't believe there's evidence that it really did happen. I'd like to send you the Resurrection DVD as our thanks for your supporting the Resurrection Outreach of Jesus Christ here on Haven Today. Just call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Go to our website if you'd like. Watch a short video there where Dr. Wright addresses the question, is the resurrection historically accurate? And you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And remember, you could still send your support for Ukrainian relief today. $50 feeds a family of five for a month, 100% of your gift to Mission Eurasia, as this crisis does not seem to be ending anytime soon. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you make time and come back with me again tomorrow on this Easter week, when again we get to share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today.
Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It just isn't right. Now, we've all said those words, and we've all meant them. There are a lot of injustices in our world, but after Jesus entered Jerusalem, he made one of the wrongs right. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, My house will be a house of prayer. You have made it a den of robbers. The injustice of doing business in God's house and ripping off the poor in his name was eliminated, at least for a time. Yet Jesus would soon experience the greatest injustice ever committed. But that was necessary to make the greatest wrong right. Believing sinners now have access to God without a stone temple. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.